The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome Sorry. back. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Off with the bang. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Culture Insanity Podcast. Uh, this is episode number 18. Um, insert sponsors here. Um, we have none. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back to, to our podcast. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's, been a few, it's been a few weeks, I feel like. Yeah. Busy people. Busy time. Summer. Things going on personally, things going on at the church, so, but we're back, we're happy to be back. So this is episode number 18. Um, yeah, just uh, rattling off what's what's on the docket for the show. Don't really have anything that you guys have to worry about necessarily in terms of spoilers. Um, yeah, we're not talking really about any big blockbusters or crazy things like that. Um, we might talk about a show that neither of us have seen, but... Um, yeah, so what's on the docket? We have, <laughs> just to perk the ears, we're going to talk a little bit about a Netflix show and some alleged child pornography, <laughs> um, uh, or not. Uh, we'll talk about it. There's a Netflix show called Desire that's under some fire right now um, based on what it's depicting, I guess. Um, we have the latest persecution, quote-unquote, of the trans community, specifically the transgender actress Laverne Cox and her current um, torch she's bearing um, in terms of what the trans community is up in arms about currently. We're going to be talking about uh, some controversy over the comic book Shazam and a a reprint of that that was going to happen. Uh, We have... Um, sort of uh, along some lo- same lines of what we maybe have talked about before, but uh, the movie Animal House and just comedy versus the current climate we find ourselves in, I guess, and like what um, is acceptable these days. Uh, and then last but not least, um, Kids Bop and how terrible it is. No, Kids Bop and um, just the, I don't know if you call it irony. Sure. Irony sure. Uh, of Kids Bop. And yeah, we'll go on to more of that later. So, got a few things on, on the docket. Nothing, um, I don't know, nothing super heavy, but maybe right. also, I don't know. Right, not but, hyper controversial subjects. Yeah, not for us at least. Right. right. <laughs> Everything is controversial. We like to talk days. about these things every day. Right. Child pornography is my favorite topic of discussion. And there's the sound clip. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so yeah, welcome back. It's episode number eighteen. So, um, without further ado, um, so Netflix. Netflix has a show. Uh, wait, it's a show. Or movie? I think it's a movie actually. Desire. Oh, yeah. This. Yeah. This. I think it's a Spanish movie. It's called Desire. It's. It's a thriller of some sort. I haven't seen it, so I can't talk a lot about it. But I did read an article earlier this week. Um, talking about this movie and how it's under fire from a lot of, um, I guess, parent groups and stuff because of um, 
what is being depicted um, in it. Um, yeah, so basically the long and short of it is there's a scene in the movie where a young girl um, is masturbating, although there's some <laughs> some whatever speculation on our part about what is actually masturbation. But So there's a scene where a young girl is depicted as masturbating in the movie um, and parent groups are are on its case because of because of that because of the use of child actors portraying really heavy content and really um, inappropriate for kids material um, so on and so forth um, let's see if I read a little snippet for you oh, I'll just read you what it's about the film depicts a nine-year-old girl masturbating and accidentally experiencing an orgasm while watching a cowboy film with another young girl the movie scene shows the girl bouncing up and down in slow motion on a pillow as if on a horse and, and then there's, like, a close-up on the girl's face. And then, you know, these parent groups brought it to Twitter, and, of course, then it amassed following there. What I thought was interesting in terms of this article was, was that I posted to our thread, Josh. Um, the, the director, I think it is, the director said, yeah. said this. First of all, he was, he's a father, and so he's hyper-aware of being sensitive to that material um, and to that to what he was doing. Um, so he says this, of course, this scene was filmed using a trick, which was that the girls were copying a cowboy scene. Uh, the girls never understood what they were doing. They were just copying what they were seeing on the screen. No adult interacted with the girls other than the child acting coach. Everything was done under the careful surveillance surveillance of the girl's mother. Because I knew the scene might cause some controversy at some point. I even made sure to have making of footage of the film for the entirety of those scenes. He said this, which is, I thought, the most interesting thing he had to say. He said, everything works inside the spectators' heads, and how you think this scene was filmed will depend on your level of depravity. I thought that was a really interesting statement from him. But uh, where we're coming from, well, first of all, I had the question, um, is there is there some sort of line um, when it comes to the use of child actors and actresses that should be... <laughs> You know, like we talk about it in terms of comedy, like is there a line for comics type thing? Is there a line for the use of child actors in, in terms of the content that's being portrayed for maybe adult audiences? Um, and then we have another question on here of what is pornography versus art? <laughs> but um, yeah, what do you think as, as a base? Like do you think that there should be some sort of line in the sand about about that? Should kids be aware or is ignorance bliss in those situations in in trying to be authentic in art and storytelling and and you know these things like um that yeah, is ignorance the best possible um mechanism i mean i i think that there's very few i think there's very few cases where it would make sense to portray um masturbation on screen especially from a kid the thing that i'm more concerned about so so i would say uh the general answer would be no uh it shouldn't be done was that the question what was the question the question is is there a line in the sand that should be drawn when it comes to using kids to depict more adult themes uh and like is ignorance hmm. like he's saying they had no idea what they were doing they were told copy what you see on the screen and it's just a, it's I mean, an innocent it thing of a cowboy it depends right? right like i'm i'm i don't know was there was there blowback to linda blair masturbating with a cross during the exorcist wasn't there i don't know i don't i don't know um 
But to me, like, there's definitely a line there. Maybe that's different because <laughs> it's depicted as that's clearly evil, right? Well, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The yeah, content yeah. of The Exorcist is not the same as as this, maybe. Well, yeah, know. there's that. For me, I, I, so yes, I do think that there's a line in the sand that should be drawn. I don't think that based upon what I've read of it, I haven't seen it, but I don't think based upon what I've read of it, I would clear, I would, I would call that masturbation. I think that people are being really sensitive. Um, was there, was it a, a moment of sexual awakening that needed to be shown or not shown? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to know about the story if it was for, it depends on the point of it. Like if it was to arouse an adult audience, that's mm. inappropriate. If it was showing, you know, a, like if, it, if it's like a boy and a girl kissing, for instance, that's a sexual moment. Like in, um, stranger things. Sure. In right? stranger things. It, it yeah. came up when, when the filmmakers surprised the child actors with right. the kissing. Scene, right. right. Totally. Right. I was actually thinking of the one with Macaulay Culkin and that one girl who decided not to act anymore. Uh, the one with the bees. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. My girl is what it's called. There's like a kissing scene in my girl. It's like, that's, that's a sexual moment between minors that's being depicted on screen. Is that inappropriate? Uh, it could be inappropriate depending on what you're doing with it. So when you're talking about Linda, Linda Blair, who was a child who was clearly simulating an act of masturbation, even if she didn't know what she was doing and her parents were watching, then I think that that's inappropriate. I don't know Um, how you get, (laughs) I don't know how you approach that without being fully like full disclosure with the kid, you know. Well, the th- how do you how do you approach it without a framework of 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 morality? Well, that's and that's the other thing. Like, yeah. it's a biological function. Mm-hmm. This is that's how do you approach that without the framework of God? Like, it's not sacred if you don't have that framework that everything is moral. There are certain things that that should be kept moral hmm. that are not simply biological. Like, if you read the work of, uh, like. Not Kinsey. Who am I thinking of? Is it B.F. Skinner? I can't remember, but was was just he. I should look it up. In any case, if you read like certain certain authors' writings, uh, certain like psychologists' writings, they'll tell you that it's just this natural thing. I think it was Kinsey, and that people should be able to do what they want with who they want whenever their bodies are ready to do what they do. So, like. I mean, at what point does it become... Where, at what point do parents become outraged by that? Well, <laughs> they become outraged because there's a moral framework that they're working within. So first you have to ask yourself about the moral framework and if if you are working on a moral framework. And then that is what gives you the right to be outraged if you have the Linda Blair exorcist scene. Um, that's what gives you the right to be outraged if you have this scene and, th- as the director says, you have a dirty mind. Mm-hmm. Um but there's also something that in my mind is just sort of fascinating about the prudeness of sexuality within culture um and especially christian culture like so what the girl had a sexual awakening like yeah how many i think times the, have you heard i think that? in the the movie i think it's an innocent moment like right like that's as how it's described as, I, by the director. as i read it right like it's a moment she's with her friend in the room or whatever. And like, 
they're being silly or something. Right. They're being silly, and then it happens. Like right. she, she has an orgasm or something like right. that. But it's not. That's all it is. Like well, you've heard you've heard those stories of like women. What is it? Their hymens? Is that what it is? Breaking like, or maybe it's not breaking, but like riding, uh, like riding on a horse. Oh, really? Yeah, like it's that's a that's a thing. Like mm. that, that's a thing. Um, like young girls. Yeah. Oh. That's why. That's why it was that women weren't allowed to ride that way. Hmm. They, you know how like in the old movies and all that, they were supposed to ride. Uh, um, with the two legs hanging over the saddle instead of with their pelvis against the saddle. Do you know what I'm talking like about? Like both legs on one side? Yeah. Really? Yeah, like a lady. Like it's proper or whatever? Right. Interesting. I've never took note of that. Yeah. Or like, <clears throat> have you heard of like Lady Godiva riding naked on a horse? Never heard these things? No. In, in any case, yeah, so it's like, I don't think there's anything overtly sexual if they're just showing that she had like a, a sexual awakening at a young age, like so women do like, yeah, it's not a big deal. If it, if it's something to arouse adults, that's inappropriate Yeah, to be used. Uh, and let me just, let me just say, I, I don't necessarily agree that there is a situation in which that story has to be told. Hmm. So I don't know that it needed to be depicted for the story, but am I just going to say across the board that as a general blanket statement? Yeah, that that's a, bad. Any depiction <laughs> of that is somehow amoral. Um, first of all, who are you to talk about what's moral or not? You have to have a certain framework to to talk about Otherwise, that. It's just out of thin air. It's arbitrary, right? It's you. arbitrary, yeah. and and then secondly, like once you can talk about it, what makes that moral and and amoral? I don't know. Like, yeah, I thought I just thought his statement at the end was really interesting about maybe it's bad to culture because culture is so far fallen you know so right. far depraved or whatever so but then it's ironic because if a culture is so far depraved why are they taking a high ground on certain subjects certain things you know like right there is no framework in culture so why why is it bad why is this bad? Why is this not bad? Why is this acceptable? Why is this not acceptable? Right. I think people are just being sensitive, although I would question the need to show that particular sexual awakening on screen. Yeah, it's not like a... <laughs> yeah. It's not like a... Yeah. I agree. I agree. I don't know. I kind of feel like I want to watch it now to see what the story is about with this girl. Yeah. It's not like a coming-of-age story of uh, overcoming... Fears or something. <laughs> well, it's desire, right? So they're probably saying that Sexual, she, some sort of sexuality, hypersexuality is involved. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that that's involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, there's that. On to the next. Um, so I was telling you about this yesterday, the Laverne Cox thing. Um, right. So Laverne Cox, who's famous for being a trans actress that is Emmy nominated. Oh, Heidi Heidi wants to tell us that it's called riding side saddle. Side saddle. So it's a thing. It's called riding. I told, it's a side it's riding a, it's a side thing. saddle. Yeah. Um anyways, Laverne Cox, she's a transgender actress that's in that Netflix show Orange is the New Black with all the women in prison. And um, by that you mean that she was that she is biologically a man. I by saying she's a transgender actress. Right. So when I say actress, the implication is that she's a man. Yes. Well, when you say she you're when you're giving her her pronoun that she wants. This is all part There's of the There's a disclaimer. Right? When I say a pronoun, it's if I say a pronoun right now, it's out of 
convenience to get through the headline. Sure. <laughs> well, this is all part of that discussion, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, Lever- and I don't want to say it because well, it that's is, inappropriate because it's he, she, whatever is h- human. Well, he was made in the image of God, and therefore, you know, deserves his biological teleological signature. But that being said, <laughs> we can't even get through the freaking headline. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. When I talk about this, if I say one pronoun or the other, it's out of laziness. So I would ask for grace as I try to just sit, get through get, this, the headline. Get through it. Go ahead. I just don't <laughs> want to be confusing. Yeah. No, it's already confusing. I'm sure. Laverne Cox, uh, trans actress. When I say that, she's a man biologically. Um, she is upset because of some police department. I guess in Florida, I think it's like Jacksonville or something. They recently made a statement that when coming across a dead trans person, you know, however they died, whatever, they were going to refer to that person by whatever whatever they were born as, boy or girl, okay? They're not going to they're not going to worry about the mess of what we're talking about right now, okay? Because it's not their problem type thing. Um, so they said, this is what we're going to do. Well, she's pissed off about that, and it's the latest in the trans community's persecution, and it even has a name now when whatever emergency service official or whoever refers to a dead trans person, if they don't refer to them by their preferred trans pronoun, right, by, by their preferred pronoun, then it is called dead naming. Soak that in. It's called dead naming. Dead naming. <laughs> Try to not laugh too much. I did. I'll be honest. It's ridiculous. Um, dead naming. So referring to one of those, one, a trans person by their biological pronoun. I mean, I got to hand it their- to them. I really, I really like the um- noun. Yeah. It's catchy. It's catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Dead naming. It's like the person who does the PR should get paid a lot. <laughs> Do you think the trans trans community has a, P, a, a PR crew? I uh, 100% think so. Really? Yeah. Like it, they have lawyers and stuff. Yeah. And, and I wish that they would come work for the Christians because, dead, yeah. Dead naming. That's dead good. naming is great. <laughs> um, so dead naming. Is dead naming... Where do we go from there? Is dead naming a reasonable practice? A respond is dead naming necessary? Is is I mean, is it I, is I it a blatant act of disrespect to not refer? And then I mean, this goes this opens up the Pandora's box. So this is what that guy Jordan Peterson got heavily right. scrutinized right, for, right, 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 um, because this gets into an issue of. Freedom of speech. Yeah. When you're forced to call someone this right. or that, and his well, thing and was in Canada, they aren't his, free to. Yeah, Measure C sixteen or something was the right. Canadian piece of legislation um, that um, tried to enact this this policy where it would be illegal to not refer to a trans person by their preferred pronoun. Right. Um, so there's this psychologist guy he was university of toronto jordan peterson he's super popular currently this was what catapulted him into the limelight was this exact thing refusing to not get caught up in this um right so is it reasonable like what why 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 are they i mean i know why but yeah 
is it necessary? Is it reasonable? I don't know. It's such a, it's such a. Of silly course thing. it is. Of course it's. It. Wait, what are you asking? Are is you it, asking? Is it reasonable to? Is it reasonable for people to follow this? Is it reasonable for people to know these things? First of all, how is that documented? Is that documented officially? Like, is somebody's a trans a person that special is trans- pronoun documented? Yeah, like, is that kind of thing documented? What's the expectation for a police officer or a firefighter or a paramedic? Well, they're trying to make it so that it. I think I think California now has special pronouns on their licenses. Let me look at that. Let me Do look they? that up. But I, yeah, yeah, like how how do how can the mass? Well, maybe it's Oregon that has them actually. Maybe we are home to a large community. Portland, yeah. Um, like, how how do you how is that expectation even upheld? Like, unless is there is it documented on a your license? Like, is that what's being suggested? Like, obviously the person, not to sound insensitive, but the person has died. Like, they can't advocate for themselves <laughs> in the moment when someone is referring to them. Like, Liz McCarthy says it's Oregon. Really? Yeah, but I just pulled up on uh, Smithsonian Magazine. California becomes the first state to introduce gender-neutral birth um, birth certificates. Oh, really? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So I guess that's a starting point. So it's on a birth certificate. But yeah, like, and I guess I have to. Well, so here's what it is. Here's what it is. The body is teleological in design. What does that mean? It means that it speaks to the nature of the person. So, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. What I mean by that is that a man, for instance, cannot at this point and not naturally give birth, mm-hmm. for instance, right? Not naturally, right? Right. Science is making way. Right. <laughs> so to that end, because a man cannot give birth, for instance, his body speaks to the fact that he cannot give birth. A woman cannot produce semen, for instance. Her body speaks to that fact. So the body is teleological in nature. It speaks to certain facts about our, our identity and how we're, how we're created. The issue is that people don't see themselves as, as created in the image of God anymore. And because they, don't, they refuse to recognize God as God and see themselves um, as part of his creation, they refuse to see his stamp on their identity. And so they've disconnected personhood from, from, the, from the body. And so the body has no teleology anymore. And so because of that, it can just be whatever it wants to be. And this is an issue of Laverne Cox and that community in particular, taking it outside of the realm of even the physical and now trying to make it into not just a, um, not just a special pronoun in the sense that it's how a person sees themselves inside their head. It's no longer an issue of personhood, but now they're trying to return their version of personhood back to the body. Mm. And that's, I mean, honestly, if you don't have the, the Christian framework, like, if you don't have the framework of a creator God who loves us and purposes and us with intelligent design, then why not? That's the thing. The problem is, is that there's a lot of things that begin to falter at that point. And when we look at police, for instance, the idea of a police state that respects, um, that respects its people and polices them out of love and care, it's just non-existent. Mm. The idea of a police state, 
That's just not going to happen. <laughs> so if you're going to have police that are out there taking care of the people, they're going to have to come from a Christian framework. They're going to need to borrow it yeah. from Christianity in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, they become a fascist state. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really interesting, like, the very thing that Laverne Cox and that community, the very freedom that they want protected they're actually pushing to have taken away. It's, it's kind against, of that, yeah. it's kind of that same thing with pushing for marriage, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they push so hard to have marriage equality, quote unquote, that now they have subjected their sense of personhood and their right to be married to the state. Mm-hmm. And once the state decides that it doesn't want to play nice with them anymore, they're going to be in trouble. <laughs> so, but anyway, in my mind, it comes down to the teleological nature of the body and the responsibility of people to see themselves in that way. So, yeah, not only what scripture would teach is that not only are we um, biological, not only is our biological designation um, who we are as a person, but it's informative of who we are. In other words, my soul is a man. Not just my body is a man, but mm-hmm. my soul is a male soul. Mm-hmm. It is equipped to be a father. Mm-hmm. It's equipped to be a son. A female soul is equipped to be a mother. It's equipped to be a daughter. It's equipped to be a sister. That's what scripture would teach. And I believe that science shows that. I mean, there's no escaping the biological fact. Um, even when you look at the... Even when you look at sort of the uh, aberrations, you know, like the the double XYs and things like that. Jamie Curtis. Sure. Um, Yeah, even when you look at those things, those things aren't the rule, you know? And when you look at, like, when you look at the real science of that, like, look into, like, hermaphrodites and things like that, those things don't work. I mean, anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. dead naming. That's interesting. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. It's I mean, look, we can't even like approach the subject without it being confusing and like, well, how do we do? Uh, what uh, you know, like, I don't know. When I'm asking myself the question of if it's reasonable, like, I don't know. It's just such an awkward thing. Just even in your like a daily conversation, when you're not trying to be offensive, when you're just trying to refer. Well, to- I mean, here's the thing. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, shave down the bones, uh, like the pelvic region bones of a female body. You know, like I'm sure some people we can go through and be happy to. we can go through and we can remove again the teleological nature of the body from our records. But when we do that, we're still going to have to go through and make a special designation for those people. Mm-hmm. Now, you can take it, you know, three or four steps away from it so that we're not calling them so that we're not dead naming them, quote unquote, and calling them female when they were born male. and Or calling them this name when they prefer this Or name. so on and so forth. But somewhere in the record, if you're going to do any sort of um, you know, medical autopsy or anything like that, you're going to be able to see the distinction between the male and the female on a biological level. And you're going to have to be able to talk about that on record in order to talk about all sorts of medical things. There are things yeah, that's that are specific an, that's to males an, and females. That's an interesting point. Like, yeah, you're doing an autopsy. You can't just keep lying. Like, you have to. You have to be able to refer and to talk about things. You know, like when, when it come when they come up and to ignore it. Like, is that what's is that what's ultimately ultimately being asked? Is just ignore the truth of 
who this person was created as uh, and like yeah. just to continue lying and it's like it's it's just a mad world <laughs> like right. seriously well i think i think you're right i think it is ultimately what's being asked wow like let's all just live they're asking us all to just lie to each other and ourselves heidi just said that's at the root of it how long will they want that designation? An archaeological dig will not hold that information. And that's true. Hmm. An archaeological dig will show that these people were genetically male or female. Hmm. Yeah. It makes my head spin. It's, it's exhausting. Yeah. So well, it's where we are. <laughs> it's where we are. Every time we it's turn around. It's one of those around. things, like, there are far more important things to stress out over and to worry about and to work toward for me and for you than that sure like really <laughs> well should be we should we be worried about should we be worried about that concept of dead naming and i think we should but i don't think it represents anything new i think it just represents the latest push to take personhood away from the body and i think it's really important that people understand. i can't imagine and i'm I haven't done any research into this, so you know, don't don't hold it against me. But I can't imagine in countries where, I mean, just say third world countries, or you know, countries that are less fortunate than America or any you know Western European countries or whatever. I can't imagine this is ex exists very much. Hmm. What do you think? Like, I don't know. Um, well, it doesn't exist very much in America. Like, statistically, like, if you were to do studies, like, what's the trans community like in m most parts of Africa? What's the trans community like in, you know, these impoverished Latin American countries or something like that? Like, I can't imagine, and again, I haven't done any research into this and whatever, but I can't imagine that this, is, this exists, like, this phenomenon and this current... Well, that's just because you are a cisgendered white male. Yeah. White Christian male. Yep. Can't, <laughs> can't talk about it. Can't comment on it. Can't whatever. But I'd be interested to like, yeah, I'd be interested to look up some studies and some surveys and whatever statistics of people who are wrestling with their sexuality um, and stuff. Right. Because just like I'm talking, like, that's the... <laughs> That's not, I would say that's the least of their concern, but that's not even a concern, you know? Like, they're trying to survive, at a, just just survive, like, let alone, but, you know, again, you can't comment on that because you just, you don't understand, but. Well, I mean, I want to be clear, like, people who are transgendered are people who, I mean, we used to define that as, in fact, we still do define it as gender dysphoria, but it used to be seen as a. It used to be seen as, you know, an extreme confusion. Like, mm -hmm. uh, um, something that needed to be worked on, you know? And now there's a whole community being built around it as this thing that is, that is a, a defining sense of identity. And I want to be clear that we, especially as believers, like, we should feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Like we should feel the pain of the confusion because I think that most of the people who are going through that actually have that confusion. You know, that must be really difficult to be disconnected from the teleological nature of your body. That doesn't mean that your 
that your inclination, even if it's like a fully felt inclination, is correct. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it kind of goes back to like Plato and well, it's not. It's, it kind of I'm like I'm going into like deep philosophy now, but like basically, our bodies are gifts. They're not something to be thrown away. They're not something to be changed. They're not something to be altered in order to fit how we feel on the inside. Um, when we look at something like when we look at something like female um, circumcision, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's like female circumcision uh, is viewed by feminists, even if it's done by choice, even if it's like part of the culture and those women um, see that as a rite of passage, which does happen. It's viewed as taking away from from that person's um, femininity, right? But in this case, in this particular practice, in this particular thought process, that's what they do. Like if a if a female wants or if a female feels disconnected from their female body and they wish to become a man, they want they want to abdicate these things about them, their their potential for motherhood. Um, and yeah, you can say, oh well, you know, they can be a mother without having a baby. But let's be clear: like there are certain chemicals that are released. Yeah, there's certain that hormones that too. people have. Mm-hmm. There's that is a gift that God has given us so that we can understand better what we're suited for according to scripture. So, and and quite frankly, according to the entire history of humankind. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, we're, we're focusing heavily on this and I want to be clear, like it's not something to be made light of. Um, it's definitely something to be, I'm not saying you're doing that. It's not something to be be made light of. It's, it's something to be sad about and and the question that we need to be asking ourselves those of us who are as they call cisgendered which i balk at that term too but um those of us who feel a strong connection to the teleological nature of our body and believe that our biology informs our personhood um uh we have a responsibility to reach out to these people really struggle with yeah. how to and it's right the same, i mean it's 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 the same with, you know, it's not greater or lesser than someone who struggles with, I don't know, any number of things, being violent towards people, right? Like, they have an inclination on valuing people and things, and so we should feel grieved for that, and we should we should be reaching out to them in a way that, you know, can speak into their lives and speak into what we know and, and all these things. Like, it's not, it's not just when it comes to sexuality, you know, that's certainly like right. a, um, a popular topic of discussion, you know, more and more, but it's with anything, anything that where someone is not living to be who they were created to be and not respecting that and not respecting who, all of that, you know, and so it's sexuality, it's the value of man, like humanity, I mean, any number of things, what's something else like off the top of your head? Well, and, like I'm looking at some statistics right now, and just mm-hmm. to to give you like an example of it, this is from only this is from Ma- 2015. Marriage, you know, oh like yeah, someone totally. who struggles marriage. with marriage and all these things, um, fatherhood yeah. and like all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But um, 2015 had stats for 41 percent of people, um, the percentage of transgender people who have attempted suicide is 41 percent. Wow. Now, just so you understand, 41 percent of 0.3 percent of Americans. Forty-one percent of point three percent of Americans. So point three percent of Americans are trans. 
identify identify as trans identify as trans okay um and 40 percent of those people have attempted suicide right so you yeah, can said. you can tell right from that point that the that a large number of people who suffer from gender dysphoria are really suffering mm -hmm. they're really really hurting so it's not to make i, I just want to be clear like I don't want to make light of the struggle that these people are going through because they are going through a real struggle. They are going through a phenomenon um, that sh that requires patience and, and love to deal with. I'm also not going to mince words about how they were created and that there's answers within the creation where they can find who God made them to be. And I think that you have to ask yourself if there's a bias when you just automatically um, look past all the information that's present for you and you decide that you are going to not follow through with even what your biology is is telling you um, you know it's one of those things where where it's just a really difficult situation so yeah um and we're gonna we're just gonna see more and more of it. Yeah, I was gonna say it, and it's it's an aggressive like, like oh yeah you know like the gay community which the trans community and the gay community they sort of live intermingle har live harmoniously, but it's an sort of sort of especially when you start getting into like the intersex and yeah like it's an aggressive um, what am I trying to say agenda sure it's an aggressive sure. agenda. And well, and not. we're we're gonna see, again we're gonna see more and more of it. There's a push on pretty much all of our shows, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially the younger shows. The like, CW. I was joking with someone. <laughs> we have to get to our game. People are on standby, right, real quick. Right. I was joking with someone. So Rugrats is coming back, right? Oh, geez. The cartoon Rugrats. Yeah. And always in Rugrats, there was there was a. A, a lesson, right? Like right. the kids did, went through something, but there's a lesson. Right. It's no Ducktales. It's no Muppet Babies. But <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I was joking with someone that, like, I'm excited for that show to come back because that was a cartoon I grew up on. But the lessons, I cringe at the thought of the lessons they're gonna present. Sure. In 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 the coming seasons of that show or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. You know, this is okay and this is acceptable and and so on and so forth this but is who you are yeah that's that's the real issue it's that kind of stuff. speaking speaking full philosophically and spiritually this is who you are mm -hmm. it's like uh no that's no. not that's not correct all right let's let's call our our contestants for our game okay we went heavy on <laughs> we went heavy on the, the trans topic um it's a big topic yeah it, we i mean it requires so much more than we can give it in this amount of time Okie dokie. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. All right. So let me introduce to you, to you guys real quick. This is Greg of Southern California. Um, we'll keep last names anonymous um, in case there's enemies. And this is Heidi of Portland, or Oregon. Um, she may or not may or not be the husband of the defending champ. So Heidi. Technically Milwaukee, but sure. And technically the wife of the defending champ. The wife of the defending champ. So, Heidi, you have a great responsibility upon your shoulders. I'll give you a brief, I'll give you a brief thing before we start our game, and then we'll start. So, recently, the Academy Awards people, the motion pictures, blah, 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 they announced that next year, 2019, there's going to be an award for biggest blockbuster. Okay? So, the basic theme of this 
trivia game is block movies of the past that should have or could have won a best blockbuster award. Okay, you got it. You with me? So I'm gonna play a snippet of a movie trailer. Your job is to guess the movie. Okay, this can span back as long as movies have been around and the Academy has been around. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. So, without further ado... It's time to play the game. It's time to play the game. <clears throat> time to All right. play the game! I don't even know if our contestants can hear this song. <laughs> no, they can't hear it. It's, but... it's good for our ears. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be good for... <laughs> yeah, it's playing in your head. Okay, so here is the first snippet. Did you hear anything? No. No. Really? Let's try one more time. Here we go. That's weird. I can hear it. Weird. Question. Are you guys listening to the podcast while on this call? No. Uh, I, it was on the back. I was watching it on my phone and then you called. I don't know how to turn it off though. Oh, technical difficulties. This technical is no Technical difficulties. Um, bear with me. Bear with me. I have a, a different idea. He's got a workaround. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing that, Josh. Yep. You must have awesome parents to, to instill workarounds in you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, round two, okay? Yes. Oh, YouTube has a commercial for us. That'll tell us whether they can hear it or not. That was it. Could you guys hear anything? Oh my god. It's Shirley Temple. Yes, Shirley Temple. I know that. It's uh... Is that? Well, they definitely heard it. They definitely heard it, so that's a good thing. Maybe play it one more time. I will play it one more time. knows it so you're both wrong <laughs> it is pinocchio pinocchio and let me just say this real quick you know how hard it is to find a pinocchio trailer on youtube when the movie was made like 80 years ago yeah yeah not exactly a lot of authentic pinocchio trailers out there but i hear they're making a new one so yeah okay um bear with me one second as i pull up the next here we go. Okay. Okay. 
What was that? Yes, I think you're right. Heidi with the psycho? Yeah, that's what I heard. Bingo. Good job. We have a hello from uh, Kristen Groner and a, uh, a vote for the original Pinocchio from cool. Cindy Kunkel, too. You didn't need to see it. All right. Here is the next one. Oh, totes. All right, I'm going to give it to you. It's Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> but I'm going to give it to you. I totally knew that it was Mission Impossible 2 because it, of Limp Biscuit's opening. Limp Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Next one. I'll do three more. Oh, another YouTube commercial. That wasn't it, right? Do you have the sound up all the way? It's really hard to hear. Sure do. Okay. Here we go. I'm only going to meet you halfway so many times. All right, I'm going to give it to Heidi for locking it in first. The Dark Knight. <laughs> that's two to one for those folks that are keeping track. Yeah, that's chivalry what happened right there. On to the next. These old trailers, they really take a long time to get into it. Bingo! Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right, I'm gonna go. This is the this is the tiebreaker. All right. Attention, seniors. Say that again. Bingo. It is Greece for the win. <laughs> Good work. I, I'm going to officially then announce that this is the end of the reign of um, John Parker of Milwaukee, Oregon, because his <laughs> wife did not defend the title for him. 
<laughs> well, and he missed like the last couple, right? And he missed the. And he missed the last couple, so no more retaining your title while taking a sabbatical. Um, That's right. But good job, um, Greg of Southern California. You can collect your winnings at the front counter. You can, you can call me at a, at a later date to discuss your winnings. <laughs> part, that's, the, that's the talk out move. Part of, part of your winnings is that you get first, first refusal at defending your title in two weeks on the next episode. All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, I encourage you to keep tuning in. We got about 20 minutes left of the podcast. Goodbye. <clears throat> All right, can't say that went off without a hitch, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless. All right, moving on to the next topic. Okay. Shazam. 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 This is a topic that might be The near, original Captain Marvel. Near and dear to Josh. Yeah. So, Shazam is a comic book um by DC. There's probably something before it was DC cuz it's so old. Yes, it was. What was it? Trivia for Josh. <laughs> Oh man, golden, I can't golden. Remember. No, it was in the golden age. No, it's I can't remember what it was. Kristen uh, Groner says you win a Red Bull. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it was. I'll look it up though. Okay, so Shazam. It's like he came over with a bunch of comic books. Yeah, um, Shazam was going this this whole section of Shazam from from the golden generation of of the Shazam comics oh. uh, was going to be reprinted. I'm guessing in honor and to help. Um, advertise the movie that's coming out that was just um, the mo- their trailer was just released at Comic Con, but um, they were going to release this whole hardcover edition of of the comic book, but they pulled back because Fawcett Fawcett Comics Fawcett Boom um, they pulled back and they decided to not reprint this special edition of the Golden Age Shazam because of what it depicted. Um, so first of all, this is a this is a comic series back then that was like really great for its time not just because of like the writing and but also the art you know and so it was really it was really popular and it was i don't know maybe key to just the evolution of comic books um so there was a lot of like fans that were really upset about this um just in terms of what this series of comics was to the genre and to that whole thing but they decided not to print it because of what it depicted in it there's for example and there's a screenshot on the article we pulled from there's asian um, characters that are part of the, the evil society of whatever um, they're depicted with slanted eyes and they talk a certain way there's a there's a picture of of a black man and he's talking a certain way um, so they decided not to print it because of how controversial it was and how it depicted certain people and topics and whatnot and so we get into this issue of of censorship um, so is censorship appropriate in as Josh puts it, legacy libraries. And we've talked a little bit about censorship before, I feel like. Um, I forget what we were talking about, but... Yeah, like, is this... Is it right? Is it right? I mean, I don't want to say anything that's going to be too offensive, but <laughs> we'll start there. Is it right for for this, for political correctness and for um, insensitive whatever you want to call that i don't know what you would call it insensitive art um i would say no i, I wait is it I, right it it is it right is it, to, is it right to censor that like 
No. Should that have? Should they put a? No. Should they have put a kibosh on that because of no. what it was depicting at the time? Maybe it was a product of its time, you know. Right. Is that a? Is that a reasonable excuse, quote unquote? It's just it goes back to, for me, it goes back to the Fahrenheit four fifty one issue. Mm. You know, it's what are we doing? Are we trying to? Are we trying to, quote unquote, whitewash the history of our culture? The truth is, is that there was racism that was rampant and media approved. And to me, it constitutes a rewrite of the culture um, to basically show people that we weren't this way. Yeah. It kind of reminds, I'm just, just thinking about it, but I remember when we had, when I had a German exchange student, it was my senior year of high school, and he was saying that they really dislike and I understand it, but they really dislike it and almost avoid it um, in Germany when you try to when you talk about like the Holocaust and World right. War Two and stuff because of how ashamed they are of it. So like, it's really not it's like shunned upon to talk about it as part of their history or right, whatever. Right, right. That reminds me of that what you're saying right now. Right. Well, what I mean, those were like atrocious in terms of. Yeah. That was atrocious in terms of what it physically did to people. But, um, like, I mean, even now, so it's, it's funny. You've got, you've got two sides of that coin, right? You've got the one side of the coin where the Nazis went around and tried to rewrite the culture. They did exactly the same thing. They tried to, re- tried to rewrite the culture by burning books. And that was their thing. They burned all these books and tried to make it write their own books, write their own propaganda and put those things into place in order to create a cohesive narrative that said that the Jews were bad, that, you know, black people were bad, that um, homosexuals were destroying things, so on and so forth. And, and so they tried to rewrite the culture. That's what the book burning was all about. Greg just threw in there. What does he say? It's yeah. actually a crime in Germany to deny the Holocaust. Yet, what do we what do we see on the other side of it? Yeah, well, it's, sorry to interrupt you, but it's interesting because you've been there and I've been there too. We, right. we went both went to Dachau. Dachau. Whole memorials are set up so that lest we forget, lest we forget, you know, right? Like, let us not repeat what we've done in the past, and right. let this be let this be a reminder of the, <laughs> the evil that we came from, you know. Sorry to interrupt you just now, but I was just... No, that's that's fine. Um, gosh, where was it? We were talking about it on the Viral Vigil, um, one of our sister shows, and I think Jasmine was talking about it, but there was a country... Who was it? There was a country that like is tr- literally trying to deny their involvement in the Holocaust. Is it a big country? <laughs> it's... <laughs> Uh, is it Poland? Maybe. I gotta look this up. I don't know. Poland Holocaust Law. Let's see. But, I, yeah. Which, yes, Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Poland was trying to deny their involvement in the Holocaust. They wanted to, like, they wanted to remove the term, like, Poland Death Camp and oh, Polish really? Death Camp and things like that. And they were making, like, they were making it illegal to, to talk about their involvement. In oh, it. wow. To me, it's like... What we're doing here is we're censoring 
Uh, yeah, totally. Greg Kunkel says, this is why I believe that tearing down statues of Confederate leaders is a bad idea. I completely agree. It's very similar to that thing, hmm. to that same thing that was taking place in our country with tearing down the statues. Mm -hmm. When you bring those things down, you are destroying the history. And it's not, yes, I understand that the book is about celebrating the story. And the story has that history attached to it. But that's the context. It's the same thing that has censored, um, <clears throat> that's censored, like, Huck Finn, for instance, in school. Mm -hmm. And I got in trouble mm -hmm. when I was volunteering at a nameless public school when we were talking about language. And I pointed out that, that Huck I Finn... That I may or may not have graduated from. <laughs> that Huck Finn has the N-word in it and that, mm. you know, it's still useful for people. Um, but it is true. Like there's a, there's a context to it. People need to know what happened in the past, the way we looked at things they could, they could easily. And I think this would do much more. This would be much more significant for them to do. They could easily put a footnote in there or even highlight it if they want to saying that this was inappropriate or whatever. If they want to do that, they could, but instead they want to hide the truth Probably, if I'm being honest, not because of any sort of um, altruism or any sort of great whatever, but because they don't want backlash for the new Shazam movie, which mm -hmm. looks awesome, by it the does, way. It does, it does, Yeah, and I'm just, you know, to bring it into our context of our show here, like I'm thinking about, you know, God saw fit to make it known that it was his people that wanted Christ crucified. You know? That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, like, so, take that as a, as a model. Like, history is important, and, yeah, it's so that we, we don't go back to where, to the error of our ways and stuff. Um, anyways, we can move on. We'll end on a silly topic. We're not going to cover the Animal House thing. There's an article that's talking about, on USA Today, that's talking about, is Animal House still funny or not, given the current climate that we're in and you know the whole me too movement and certain things that happen in the movie animal house josh has never seen it it's a it's, it's strange that it's i haven't like seen it classic. it's national lampoon i've seen like everything but I right just, so I don't know. check that out you can google it um i'm sure it'll be one of the first things to pop up if you hit the news tab on google um but kids bop so there's a funny article this talking about kids bop um and how ironic i think how ironic it is that kids bop takes music that has content that is bad and I, I don't mean bad like oh that song's so dumb like bad as in what the song is presenting as or what the song is glorifying so they take these these songs they give them to kids to sing but then they change certain lyrics within the songs um to make it more kid friendly but the whole context of the song is still the meaning, even if you're not saying, you know, this word or that word or this phrase or that phrase. Right. <laughs> um, and so it, it makes me laugh. And also it makes me cringe at some of the things that parents let their kids listen to without thinking critically about it. Um, but our question is, should be mu should music be enjoyed outside of its context? Um, I mean, you can talk about movies and stuff too. And, you know, you get into like a maturity thing, but should music be enjoyed outside of its context? Yes or no? We've talked about this before. I'm just, you know, to wrap it up. About thinking critically about all things, you know, don't right. don't listen to things with blinders on, don't watch things with, out, with with blinders on, so to speak, and all these different things. But I'll let you speak for a second. No, I do. I don't think so. I I think that you can put the context away once you state the context, 
but that you should not try to replace the context because then we go back to the conversation about Shazam and censorship. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you, you can like appreciate a song, right. For it's musical, this or musical that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you know, well, and this is a huge topic of conversation with my daughter, Sophia, mm-hmm. because she, so she is, gosh, she's six now, like just about. Yep. Um, and, she is all about Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift's new album is just horrendous in terms of its value of humanity. It's like hypersexualized. It's all about like, listen to the song gorgeous and <laughs> like, just, just look at the way that she just, it's just terrible. It's like lustful. Um, that said, um, it's great in terms of its production. Like in terms of pop music, it's mm-hmm. produced really well. And so she really wants to listen to it. My thing with her is, well, first of all, no, I'm not going to listen to some stupid kids bop version of it. If you're going to listen to it, you might as well listen to the actual thing. That said, you need to appreciate it for what it is. So in terms of its lyrics, its lyrics are bad, but its production is good. And it is okay for you to understand that its production is good and appreciate it for what it is. I think that if that weren't true, then God would discard all of us. I was I was thinking of two things just now. One is I personally like music that <coughs> is really over the top in terms of its raunchiness or, or something like that, you know, just because sure. I can't take it seriously. <laughs> like, like what's it? Uh, I'm going to look up that song. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's a Bloodhound Gang song, but I can't remember. The- not not quite the same, but it's one of the reasons why I really like Weird Al, just because of how totally. r- ridiculous Weird Al is, right? Um, but anyways, secondly, I was I first took note of this in, in any real sense, like a few years back when we went to to Rose City Comic Con, Portland's Comic Con, and there's like they have their whole kids section. It's kind of like a day carry type thing, you know. You can kind of drop your kids off there, and they can be occupied by things legos and different different things you know um but they were like blaring this song and i don't remember the song but i remember being like what like do they know what they're playing for these kids right now right and i'm by no means like um some sort of prude prude when it comes to music like not one bit but i was just like here's these kids they're left here and this music is blaring in their ears is anyone talking about what the song is talking about with right, them like right, right, right. nope it's just set it and forget it you know right. let's let these kids take in this form of media and well i hope they turn out to be good people greg kunkel <laughs> says this is where we as parents need to be cogniz- cognizant of what our children are doing and as she gets older we as parents can explain that to them that's his two cents um yeah, it's crazy what people will just put on mindlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, I found this song. It's called 3.14. The Taylor Swift song? No, the Bloodhound Gang song oh. where he screams vagina over and over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's a YouTube video if you don't want it on your Spotify playlist, but I don't know that your yeah, YouTube playlist is even better. Parents, parents that just plant their kids in front of this or that because, well, they're lazy and they don't want to be parents, right? Parents that take an iPad out to a restaurant because yeah. it's easier for the kid to right. watch an iPad rather than to interact and ask questions and think critically because they're lazy parents. Right. I hate that. Right. It makes me cringe. It's some right. form of idiocracy. Yeah, no, it's it's cringy. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's completely inappropriate. And I do think that there's a context in which 
these songs can be enjoyed. But when you remove the actual context from it, then you water down the song so much that it becomes a new life of its own. And I was saying this to Adam before we started the show. To me, there's no difference between Kids Bop and Muzak. You know, Muzak, like elevator music, where they like the type of music that no offense to Truth Time with Pastor Monty host, but that he likes to listen to, where it's like Kenny G does like a, a cover of something ridiculous. And uh, yeah, like, come on, like, we know what's being said in the music. Like, I don't know. It's, you know, Muzak, terrible. Kids Bop, <laughs> it's terrible. It's like, listen to, if you actually, if you appreciate the song and you want your child to be able to listen to it, but you want it to be safe for them, then, then guard their mind. Teach them what's wrong with the song. Use it as a, pos- use it as a, um, use it as a mechanism, a springboard by which to teach them about critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oliver, <clears throat> my son Oliver recently started asking questions. Like just tonight, we went to this concert in the park thing, and he's been at, specifically with music. He's been asking what is what is he or she talking about in the song. Right. And so I like that, and so I always try to make sure to to address it rather than to say, "Shut up! I want to listen to the song," like some parents do, you know, <laughs> right. or turn it up because I don't want to answer his questions or something. Right, right, right. Um, it's, it's really, really, really important. Um, but anyways, all right, we've overstayed our welcome. Okay. <laughs> um, if you're interested in today's topics or just staying relevant on what's going on in culture, you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Culture Insanity. If you have something that you're personally interested in, want to hear talked about uh, in a on a coming episode, in a coming episode, um, then just reach out to us on one of those two platforms. If you're interested in exploring your faith or are completely new to Christ, to the Bible, to anything, you can check out the help tab on vigilance.blog or our not-so-new page, abfpdx.org. I would encourage anyone um, that is interested to check out this month, August Cross X panel, cross-examination. Cross-X is a panel discussion involving local pastors talking about Christian doctrine in plain language is the key. Um, So on August 26th at Zion Lutheran, um, downtown Portland, um, Oregon, right across from Providence Park, if you're a Timbers fan, um, is Zion Lutheran Church. We will be talking about sin. That starts at 7 p.m. So any and all questions relating to the topic of sin, you can join us live um, in-house, as we call it, um, at the church if you're a local, or you can tune in on Facebook Live um, if you were to click on the cross-examination Facebook page. Um, Yeah, you can tune in. You can ask questions online as the Facebook video is appearing live, and we will get to your questions. If you have questions, you can submit them um, with the hashtag CrossX on Facebook or Twitter. Um, Yeah, these panel discussions are really interesting and are really... um, good resources for people that want to come to a better understanding of what it is they they believe and be fully convinced by it rather than just um this is what i was told and so i accept it um like our mormon friends they're not mormons anymore they're latter-day saints they denounce the name mormon completely unofficially right although they've always denounced the name mormon officially now yes (laughs) anyways so august 26th at 7 p.m at zion lutheran church the topic is sin Please tune in um, so you can better understand the topic of sin and how it affects mankind. Um, and, and for those who don't know what sin is, like it's just defined as missing the mark. 
In other words, there's a standard, and if you mess up in any way, shape, or form, you're not doing right, and therefore it's a call to sin. So if you want to know how that affects anything, or you have questions about all those things, how God views sin, anything, this is the time to do it. And you can get questions to us before the event. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Highlight the the words, there is a standard. Um, (laughs) But anyways, so that's all we have for you guys tonight. We'll be back in two weeks for episode 19 of the Culture Insanity Podcast. So thanks for tuning in, those who did and those who will. See you later. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Mm -hmm.